Before we turn to God's word together, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask today that as we open your word, so you would speak. As your people sit with their Bibles today and begin to look at the verses that we will consider. May each verse penetrate the heart. Open up not only our mind, but be a balm or help us in soothing our concerns. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. The fear of uncertainty creates so many problems. It can cause us deep-rooted anxiety. I'm not sure what your anxieties are today. They vary from person to person, depending on our circumstances. It could be that you're concerned about your workplace, your employment. This level of uncertainty as to when you will return, the economic and financial implications of not being at work. Or it could be, indeed, your home life. Maybe it was volatile before lockdown. Maybe it's even more volatile today as a consequence of lockdown. I know that for some people, strained relationships cause all sorts of deep-rooted concerns and anxieties. Will our relationship stand the test of time? How many external pressures on our relationship will be brought to bear? Can it survive any more trouble or another crisis? Or your anxiety could be related to your health, the raft of tests that you've just been undertaking. What will the prognosis be? How will I handle bad news? Into that world, surely God has something to say. He cannot leave us without comfort or a sense of his help. And it's interesting that as we read through Matthew chapter 6, that hopefully when you consider the context of the writing, we realize that much of the material world and our aspirations and our concerns and our energies when they're deployed in seeking our own comfort and security, can cause us to be distracted. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, beginning to read at verse 19. Rachel read to us from verse 25, but I want to read to you from verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Isn't it interesting that so often our time, our energies, our strengths are taken up in securing for ourselves not only our present comfort, but our future securities. And it was really into that world that Jesus is saying, listen, if you're going to be concerned about these things, it has a dramatic impact upon your life. It can create an anxiety that becomes deep-rooted. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is life not more important than food and clothes? What a question to ask. But what about anxiety? How deep-rooted can it actually be? The, the Greek word for uh, anxiety is merinato. And its verb means to distract, to, to divide, to draw in different directions. And how many of us have experienced this as a result of anxiety? We are burdened. And our view of the future causes us anxiety or alarm. And like Martha in Luke chapter 10, verse 41, when Jesus says, Martha, you are bothered about so many things. Doesn't that sum us up some days? We are bothered about so many things. We cannot even divide or prioritize the distractions. They seem to come into us flood into our hearts and souls. And it's what Vine once called, anxiety harasses the soul. We are harassed on every side by some of the, the problems and difficulties that consume our thinking about our work, about our home, about our relationships, about our health. And it's bad enough some days that we're concerned about one of these things, but the uncertainty in regard to them all can be overwhelming. We are burdened beyond belief. Larry Richards once said, the worries of this life may so dominate our attention that they make God's word unfruitful in our lives. Maybe that's exactly where we are today, at an unfruitful stage in our life. The worries of this world have choked out 
the joy of his presence and the effect that his word can actually have upon us. So what is the remedy? Well, I think if we connect to God, which is the first remedy that we have, we can find something comforting in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. Let's hear God's word. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. I want you to notice here that actually in this verse, we have a similar word that's used. It's the same Greek word or root Greek word that talks about concerns in Matthew chapter 6. And here, Paul is saying that there is a appropriate concern, a proper concern. And he's not talking about here a a marriage which is operating as a redeemed marriage fueled by God's presence and power. But he is talking about sometimes when married couples get distracted by the things that cause burdens in married life, they actually end up being divided in terms of their loyalty, one to God and one to the marriage. But here, Paul is saying, listen, one of the examples that even married couples can use from those who are unmarried is that they have an opportunity to be burdened about the Lord's affairs. And here's a proper and fitting burden to carry, a concern and anxiousness about how we might go about doing the Lord's work. And the problem with anxiety, as has been defined by Vine and Vincent and Larry Richards and others, is, according to Vincent, worry, concern, can distract the heart from the true object of life. And when our concern is taken up in our home life, or in our work life, or in our relationships, or even in our own health, when that has become our overriding burden, our overriding uh, priority in life, then we will be consumed by worry. It will be a burden that we cannot bear. The anxieties that it creates and that floods into our hearts is disarming. Because it is alarming, we cannot take the uncertainty of home life and work and relationships and health and actually control our concern. Our anxiety is out of control in regards to all of these. So the remedy that is being introduced in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32, is that we can begin to concern ourselves about the Lord's affairs. How 
we can please the Lord. Is that what you're doing today? Are you thinking about how you can please God? Or are you thinking about how you can please others? Are, are you thinking about how that you will return to work so that you have a, enough uh, income to sustain an already lucrative lifestyle? Has that become your main burden of concern? Or are you thinking about how you can use your workplace to please God? How you can use your concern about being loyal to him so that your work becomes an opportunity to glorify him? Are you burdened about your home? Not because you are the father or the mother of your son or daughter, but is your burden on pleasing the Lord so that he is their father and that he watches over them in a way that you cannot do? Are you concerned about your relationship? Is your biggest goal in life to secure a earthly one? Or are you full of gratitude and thankfulness that God has secured for you a heavenly relationship with himself and even your health? Are you concerned more about that? Your physical health over and against your spiritual health? If you look at Matthew chapter 6 with fresh eyes for a moment, then hopefully this will help. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? The problem with uncertainty is that we are creatures of control. We like to be able to control what's happening in our jobs. We like to be able to control what's happening in our homes. We like to be able to control our relationships. We also like and would very much like to be in control of our health. The problem is the future. We find it difficult enough to deal with the present. But the root of anxiety is that we're unsure of what tomorrow brings. We have no way of guaranteeing our health tomorrow. We have no way of guaranteeing our income will be sustainable. We have no way of knowing what pressures will be placed upon our home life tomorrow, let alone next year or within the next decade. And who knows about our relationships? How sustainable, in fact, they genuinely are. Sometimes it's out of our control altogether. Because if control lays solely in our hands and not other people's, then perhaps we might have had a solution. But the remedy is in connecting with God. How connected are you to God today that will enable you 
to allow him into your life in ways that perhaps you've not experienced before. And then secondly, we have to connect to others. If you look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 20, and this is in relation to Timothy, I've no one else like him who takes a genuine interest or concern in your welfare. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. For those that sometimes are overwhelmed with a concern about themselves, it's a good thing not only to connect with God to dilute an over-obsession with anxiety, but it's important that we have a concern for others, for each other. And maybe in this period of lockdown, when the temptation is that we are thinking primarily about ourselves because we're isolated and on our own, when we would have time to reflect upon our own deep concerns and worries, that maybe this is an opportunity to reflect upon the needs of others. We do begin to think about our neighbor, particularly those that are vulnerable and are fragile. We're concerned about how they will cope. And therefore, many people have gone out of their way to make sure that they have a connection with those who might feel most isolated. It could be that you have a genuine worry and concern about your parents or about your sons and daughters who are elsewhere. And that's an appropriate and right concern. See, the difference between Matthew 6 and the concern that is in connecting with God and concern for others is that we should have an appropriate burden for not only following God, but making sure that the spiritual interests and the well-being of others is placed as a higher priority than our own. And I genuinely believe that once we begin to have a burden about the welfare of others, we become less concerned about our own well-being. And in response, God makes sure that we are provided for, according to Matthew 6, in the very areas that we are most deeply and troubled and concerned about. What we will wear about daily provision of food, about our health, because we cannot add one day to it. All of these things God begins to remedy and to rectify. And maybe today is an opportunity for you to connect with someone else in a way which will actually begin to cause less worry, and genuinely place the concern for them upon God. And any genuine expression or demonstration of your love for them in connecting with them and making sure that this situation can glorify God. We are a body who must care for each other. And when we do, I believe that God then cares for us as an individual. And then we have 
A third element that we must consider, which is also a remedy for our concerns. And that is, we can find it in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Here, Paul is saying, if we want to deal with our concerns and our worries, it's as much about where that worry is placed and who it's placed upon than about what concerns us. And that's true. Often, we are deeply troubled and concerned because we're unsure whether we have the capacity to work things out. As creatures that like to have certain powers, to exert certain controls, when we make ourselves the source of our own strength and provision, deep in our hearts we are troubled because we know that we cannot do anything to affect the changes that are needed. That's when we have to relinquish control. That's when we have to give up us sitting on the throne. Ultimately, God wants us to trust Him and not ourselves. The day we stop trying to fix everything is the day we worry less. It's in his hands. Whatever you're going through that you cannot solve, losing sleep, endlessly trying to figure out a way forward, may lead you into a cul-de-sac of emotional despair and despondency. How many hours have I lay awake at night wondering, could I have done something differently to avert what's happening? I no longer could go back and change the actions of the past. And I am not in control of the external circumstances that surround my future. But I have one responsibility, that in days, complexity and concerns, I must not absorb on my own, but hand them over to God. And in the midst of all of that, take assurance that if he does clothe the lily of the field, and he does take care of the birds, then how much more does he love me and you and those that we love? It's a choice, but it's also a disposition that we possess based on connecting with God, providing for others and being genuinely concerned about their needs above our own. And also relinquishing control 
to a God who ultimately is sovereign and is in control. And finally, one very pertinent phrase found in Luke chapter 24, verse 8. And I raised it recently as a sermon on the resurrection. Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. Can you remember the scene? Troubled and anxious, Mary went to the tomb. Not really knowing what she would find. And what she did find was an empty tomb. And the angels that were ministering to her that day said those memorable words. Then they remembered his words. The angels had said, remember what he had said. Remember what he said he would do. And in response, those ladies remembered his word. The question is, are you prepared today to remember his words? Or in the crisis that you're experiencing, are you prone to forget them? And who is it that we are remembering? We are remembering God. That's what we're seeking to do in these moments of concern and anxiety and apprehension. Who is it that we worship? And ultimately, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has all power, all wisdom, all knowledge. And that is very and evidentially different than what we possess or have or can do. And today, as we come to him in the midst of all the uncertainties of life, God has something particular to say to us. Connect with me at this moment. I am the one who provides. I am not beset by uncertainty. I know the beginning from the end. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am not someone whose disposition is prone to be distracted or divided or to be drawn in different directions. I am not one who is harassed to the very core of my soul. I do not let concern dominate my life or the attention given to it make me unfruitful. I am the one who brings life. I am the one who provides and sustains. I am the one who loves you with an endless love. I have the Hesed love. I want you to remember that. You are my covenant people and I will never let you go. And I will never let you be consumed and overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. So today, remember me in the midst of that uncertainty, and I will not forget you. And in those wonderful words of Kari Ten Boom, who summed it up so beautifully and so succinctly, look around 
and be distracted. That's what you can choose to do. You can look around at your home life, at your work life, at your relationships, at your health, and be distracted and be divided and be drawn in two separate directions, either from God or away from God, and more likely away from God when you're overwhelmed by anxiety and concern. You can be distracted today. Or, indeed, as she said, look inside and be depressed. Uh, the psalmist found himself often doing that when he was able to look at the circumstances of life and consider all the pressures that were being placed upon him and all everything that overwhelmed him. He turned and looked inside and thought, why is my soul downcast within me? So if we're not going to look around and be distracted, if we're going to choose not to look inside and be depressed, then as you sit and reflect for a moment, what is it that you will do faced with your anxiety? There's only one thing Courage Hand Boom said that you can do. You can look at Jesus and be at rest. Look around and be distracted. Look inside and be depressed. Or look at Jesus and be at rest. That's your choice today, and that's my choice. Jesus already given us an answer to it. It's in his word. And just like Mary and the other disciples, they had to learn to remember his words. And what is his word to you today? Come on to me, O ye who labor, and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Oh, would it be to God that all of us today took that word more seriously and applied it more frequently? Because if we did, there would be less sleepless nights about our uncertainties and more resting more trusting. And what would God do? He would give us rest. A rest that is deeper than a night's sleep, but a rest that radiates a quiet confidence in the God who is in control. Let us pray.